0: listeners and welcome to this week's episode of For What Is Earth. We're a day late this week. Uh, we normally come out on a Wednesday, but this is coming out on a Thursday. But we have very, very good reason for it this week. It's not just because I've been a bit lazy. It's actually because today the Marine Conservation Society are releasing the results of their Great British Beach Clean What's that you ask? Well, you've come to the right place to find out because this week I have gone to speak to the lovely Lizzie Pryor uh, from the Marine Conservation Society and she's going to talk us through what the scheme is, this amazing citizen science project, why it's so important and generally have a nice little natter about stuff that we find on our beaches and how we can stop it getting there. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. So Lizzie, uh, the Marine Conservation Society where am I and what do you guys do? So well right now you're in a landlocked Ross and Wye in Herefordshire
1: so we're nowhere near the sea but we are the UK's charity for protecting our seashores and wildlife Um, and we've been going for over 30 years now. Um, The three main areas of our work are sustainable seafood and working with the fishing industry, Um, also on biodiversity and ocean recovery so trying to have Um, a network of marine protected areas around the UK to help our habitats and marine life thrive and also we work on uh, pollution from water quality to beach litter and the beach litter aspect is the bit that I work on.
0: Yes, as Beach Watch Officer, (laughs) Yeah, officially one of the coolest job titles I've ever (laughs) come across. You definitely fall into that last pillar, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is pretty pretty cool. So So talk me me through what you do. So Beach Watch is the Marine Conservation Society's National Beach Clean Programme. And it started in 1994. Mm-hmm. And it's all about doing a beach clean, um, getting that litter off our beaches around the UK coast. But we really wanted to understand the types of litter that were washing upon our beaches. Um, there was no data at all to show the kind of scale of the issue back then. So we started our own survey form and we asked the lovely public to help us collect that data. Um, and so, so yeah, so the lovely volunteers went down to their local beach, did a beach clean And they survey a 100-metre section of beach and record absolutely everything they find within that area using our forms. And then they send that back to us. And then we can then start looking at litter trends and looking at the problem items, looking at where they're coming from and seeing how we can try and tackle it to stop it getting onto our beaches and our oceans in the first place.
0: So this is UK-wide as well. Any beach can be part of this. Yes, any beach in the UK can be part
1: of it. So it's incredible. And even 1994, we had over 160 events and over 2,000 volunteers... Um, and some were in really remote places, and we were just, uh, yeah, it was incredible to see how many people really understood the issue, and some of these organisers are still doing it today, they started in the mid-90s, and they are still collecting that data for us. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really lovely. And it's growing, it's huge now, isn't it? So you've just um, completed your 2019 one, and uh, we're releasing the results of that. I say we, I'm not involved. You're releasing (laughs) the results of that today, am I right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's our 26th Great British Beach Clean Weekend. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, (laughs) And so, yes, so this was another fantastic event. Um, So it was over four days. Um, from over the third weekend of September, mm-hmm. and it aligns with the International Coastal Cleanup. Um, so, International Coastal Cleanup is an annual event that's been going for over thirty years, and that was set up by an American charity called Ocean Conservancy. Mm-hmm. And they also wanted to get a global, but they wanted to get a global issue of, of litter on our beaches. So they had a bit of a bigger. Uh, Scale in mind. So, um, So, yeah, so when we found out this was a thing and we wanted to set up our own, we knew we wanted to feed into this data set. So, our weekend long event became part of the UK's entry into that global trash tally. Um, so we send it to the International Coastal Cleanup and they look at all that data from around the world and then we do our own report from the UK and that's what's out today so we're looking at litter levels around the UK for each country um, what it looks like from from this time last year Um, look at it from then zoom out a bit further and look back over 26 years and see what that shows us as well and think about things that are still problematic and what we still need to be working on
0: and what are we seeing are we seeing a, i'm going to assume an increase in <laughs> no, it no it's it's going down the last
1: few years which is really promising great um which is really good news um over the last 26 it is a little bit different um it's kind of it hasn't changed too much it has slowly, have got a steady increase in litter, predominantly because of microplastics. Yes. So we do actually record microplastics. Are our litter survey has over 100 categories and we go down to plastic pieces from not to 2.5 centimetres wow. to 2.5 to 50 centimetres. So our volunteers are tallying the all the pieces that they find because that is still as you know really problematic Mm. and we still need to take that into account on our beaches so it's things you might not necessarily be really aware of when you first head to the beach but if you do a 100 meter survey and you record everything you'll be really surprised just how much you find so on average um, in 2019 there's uh, 558
0: litter items for every hundred metres of beach. Wow. In the UK. Ranging from giant crisp packets to tiny little specks of plastic. Yeah. yeah.
1: So on average Gosh. on every beach is about
0: five hundred
1: and litter items. Which that you is... might not think when you first head to your beach and no. you have a quick scan across uh the strand line that you would think that you might find five, six litter items on that beach. But um but yeah, so that's why we we have that section so we can get a really good understanding of just the extent of it and then we have a better understanding of where we need to where our focus needs to be to try and tackle it. So plastic pieces is number one every year, but um, but there's other things sort of like caps and lids is always really high up on the thing, cigarette stubs, glass um, mm. is also really high. Number three this year is glass pieces. Um, and we are still finding around about 38 plastic like beverage containers for every 100 metres of beach. Oh, gosh. So that's your plastic bottles, your drinks, cans, and your glass bottles. So... Uh, so, yeah, so we still, as ever, are trying to ask the government to really push for um, a deposit return system, which I know you mentioned in your plastics episode. <gasps>
0: You've been listening. Of course yes.
1: I've been listening. I've listened since the start, actually. Yeah, yeah,
0: I was really excited by the first one. So, yeah. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> Gosh, I've got all red. Um, that's brilliant. No, I cannot wait for that return scheme. Yeah. I think that's going to be brilliant. I was in um, Sweden this summer and they have a um much more they've been having this scheme for for years yes, and yeah. it was so exciting and my friends were laughing at me because they're from Germany and they've got a similar scheme and I was so excited when I went into the <laughs> supermarket with like the cans that we'd all have yeah. you know beers or whatever um and plastic bottles and you could put them in this machine and then it kind of spat you out this voucher that yeah. you could use to get to your shopping I was like oh this is
1: amazing and then for them it's just their like, routine yeah,
0: this happens and I was like yeah, okay, we're behind the times in the UK, <laughs> but I can't wait for this.
1: Very much so. So Scotland already further ahead, mm. and we've been campaigning on years for that, and our data is used as supporting evidence into consultation responses. Brilliant. So when they say, open up the consultation, go you know do we need this what evidence have you got we go yes hello here's 26 years worth of data (laughs) please put this in place so we're Um, finding less beverage containers in
0: scotland on scottish beaches
1: well um, not at the moment but we hope that we've used that data to hope to implement it so scottish government have announced that they would and they hope to include glass bottles and drinks cans into that so not just plastic bottles which we think is really important so plastic is obviously the big uh, problem and it's a really problematic material but what we, we don't really we want to be finding drinks cans or glass bottles no. on our beaches um, so we still want to make sure they're included because they're still being found in our environment so we really welcome the fact that the Scottish government were hoping to to include that into to their deposit return system and they've already looked at the design of it and they're hoping to implement it in April 2021 so we really welcome that but what we would love is for the UK to follow suit and it to be a Learn UK wide that, certainly. all the same system inclusive all sizes all materials Mm. and the same system across the UK. So no matter where you are, the system is the same.
0: Mm. It must Um, be a huge project to undertake, but it would be so worthwhile if you can get that on the move. very much so. And
1: like I said, there's so many other countries have already implemented it and it's been so effective. Mm. Recycle rate's really high, as I mentioned in that Episphastics episode that it's over 90% recycle rate. In DRS, We are nowhere near that at the moment. Um, And you get much more cleaner material, which is easily recyclable into things. So it's not the only solution, but it's a really big part that could be really beneficial to start seeing less of this on our beaches. Um, Plastic bags, for instance, we campaigned on that um, um, a few years ago because our data was showing that they were still increasing on our beaches. Um, And then we asked for 5p bag charge and again our data was used as supporting evidence and we've now seen over six percent decrease of plastic bags on our beaches great. since the first levy came in in 2011 in wales oh that's great so yeah really really good to see and it just goes show that data could it, you can literally see the issue and it grows and then you can see when policy was implemented mm. and then our data can show whether that had a positive effect on it or not so um, so yeah, so it's really great that you know all this, all this has been collected by just volunteer, by volunteers up and down the country, mm. um just wanting to do their bit and help towards providing evidence, which is really exciting.
0: It's just a brilliant example as well of like showing how people can get involved. I mean, obviously mm. we want people just in general on their daily lives to litter pick and to get rid of things from our beaches, but to contribute to a project, a scientific project, which can then be used to implement and to change possibly policy. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah. I, I... And then
1: you see less bags on the beaches. So we always know that beach cleaning is amazing, and if you're on the beach or if you're anywhere you know a park or river you know if, uh, to pick up litter is really important um but to um it's kind of a very it's a very reactive response it's already happened it's already in our environment and so we wanted to have a proactive response so we feel like having the citizen science coupled with a beach clean you've got both you're removing that impact um, directly by removing the litter but then you're having the proactive response of writing that data so you can then take it to manufacturers retailers governments and then use that to push for change so it's kind of got two aspects to mm. it, which we think is really important to stop it coming um, and yeah. stop the tide. you have to stop so, it at
0: the source, don't you, as well? Yeah. You can't just rely on cleaning up, of course.
1: No, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we're really excited. So we had over 10,000 volunteers take part in just that one weekend. Wow. And over 430 surveys come in, so that was really exciting. And we've seen a huge increase in enthusiasm and awareness since Blue Planet 2.
0: Yes, the Blue Planet 2 effect has just been phenomenal, especially, been, especially, especially with plastics.
1: It was crazy. It was so exciting. Yeah. We, we knew that we knew that it would obviously help having that awareness but i don't think anyone could have ever anticipated just how much um you know to see plastic pollution trending Mm. on twitter as number one i was weirdly so excited about (laughs) seeing that it's like it's number one um when the when the program was out which is exciting and um as you know we're quite landlocked in Ross and Wye but we do have a staff beach clean that we have cleaned over 20 years which is in North Somerset Oh great and um we do it four times a year and we've been and uh, yeah we've been doing that since the start and we have a, we had a fantastic cohort of volunteers that helped us about about 20 to 30 every time throughout the year um and then it increased up to about 40 and that was lovely and it was really nice to have them really appreciate the people coming down to help us and then we have our January clean so that was the month after Blue Planet 2 finished,
0: and we had 200 people turn up at our Oh, happy. my gosh.
1: It was nuts. It was so, And that hasn't wavered. That hasn't wavered in the last, what was it, two years? So we've it's done been, about it's eight a of years, extra actually. cleans. That's and it's still stayed about 100 to 200 people wanting to help out at this beach. It's brilliant. It's yeah, amazing. I was
0: worried, I have to admit, when, when it all first came out, I was worried that it would be just people jumping on the bandwagon course, yeah. and getting involved in this kind of, you know, you can get caught up in things, but it does really seem to have maintained. And yeah. I, I spoke to... um I'm not name dropping. I don't mean to. Anyway, I spoke to the producer of Blue Planet 2 oh, and yeah. I said, oh, I love what you did. I, I think that was brilliant. I'm so pleased that you use your platform for such a powerful message. And I can't even imagine the response that's happened. And he said, we didn't really plan that. You know, we went into the ocean to film and we filmed what we saw and what we saw was bad. We didn't go out to find those stories. Those stories are everywhere. Yeah. And I was just like oh god that's what people need to know yeah Yeah. it's not just that they've it wasn't an agenda it wasn't a thing it
1: was we're gonna film the natural world and these issues are coming
0: at us yes we haven't put that bucket in the whale's mouth (laughs) no the whale has found the bucket like it was just yeah it was anyway back to beaches (laughs) (laughs) what's what's the weirdest thing you found on beaches then because obviously we're going quite plastic heavy on this one yes but like you said we're also talking about just all pollu- all litter yeah you know so what what kind of weird stuff washes up on our uh, shores
1: i found some i mean did try i think about the cleaners i've done with volunteers so the weirdest thing i mean a colostomy bag was pretty gross what yeah oh, how does that i don't know how does that end I, up? Don't, I You know, I couldn't even does someone them- go swimming
0: and lose it <laughs>
1: I know it's it's strange. I don't know um, circuit boards, so like computer stuff. We find right. our entire door once um, well, uh, glass like eyes. A... So we on our survey forms, we ask for unusual items. You know, people can write anything unusual they find. So I love having a look through those every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: surprisingly, glass eyes oh, are not that uncommon. God. Really, um, false teeth. I mean, yeah. I can kind of imagine. You know, maybe you lose your false teeth. That seems much more likely than losing your false eye. How do you? I don't how know. How do you lose that? I don't know. Oh, I a- can't even. How creepy is that as well? If you were just mm. rifling through the sand and then oh, there's an eyeball yeah. just like looking at you, that I don't think I could. Yeah, that would be a bit of a shock.
1: Yeah, my uh, one one of our volunteers. There was a unfortunately someone had a bonfire on the beach, but had left loads of rubbish along oh. with it so she was clearing that up and then she could hear this exterminate exterminate and she thought she was getting insane because obviously she, it was a fire pit she was cleaning up yeah. and then she realized that she was going through it that there was a toy darlit <laughs> in the fire pit that oh, someone wow. had tried to burn and she was accidentally pushing the button as she was trying to clear the litter up oh, so she thought she was going insane but it was a toy plastic darlit that was oh, someone had tried to burn in the fire pit on the beach
0: i'm really glad i asked actually that's, that's quite an eclectic array of I'm things. sure the other volunteers have a million other
1: strange things that they found on the beach. But, uh, yeah, those are the ones that spring to mind when I think of weird things. And what are the most common that we find on UK beaches? Um, um Cigarette stubs, and particular beaches that are quite um, uh, close to, like, public, you know, very public-prone areas, um, near towns. Um, I have one beach I think I picked up about... Well, me and the volunteers picked up about 3,000 in 100
0: metres. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. So some areas are really prone to that. Um, and then, But it's interesting. It depends on the beach. And you can really under, get an understanding of how the beach is used and or where its location is by what you find. Mm. Um, so if there's a place where it's quite good for waves, um, a lot of bodyboards happens there. Mm. So a lot of the styrofoam boards, pieces oh gosh, you yeah. find on the beach. Yeah. Um, um, and again, if it's if it's a, a great for for angling, then you find a little bit of angling line as well. Um, and then obviously, if it's near the near the public, then you find a lot of um, cutlery and plastic straws and the confectionery wrappers are really oh, high. Yeah. Packets, yeah. So, yeah. But a lot of it is. A lot about thirty percent of what we find is public litter. So that's stuff that people are when they're out and about, so when the the bottles in the end the straws and the all those types of things, um, cigarette stubs, it's all a lot of it's public litter, but fifty percent, um well about forty five percent of what we find Is non sourced, and that's basically the stuff that's so small you just have no idea what it used to be. Uh, So you can't say, Oh, that came from a plastic bottle, or that came from a bucket, or that came from a cotton bud stick. Yeah, Um, you just have no idea what it used to be. So then we have to put that under pieces and it class is non sourced. So even though I say 30% from the public and 6% is from sewage related debris, actually, there's 45% where we don't know where it's come from. So even those figures are conservative because pieces are just such a prolific thing now that mm. we're finding on our beaches which is uns- not surprising really as things break down in weather and with the with, um, with 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 the sunshine and stuff things break down into smaller smaller pieces and then they're washing upon our beaches so it's not surprising that that element has increased by quite a lot so um so yeah so plastic pieces um for this year was about 143 for
0: every 100 meters of beach goodness me yeah, that's so, not, not a small amount, is it? No,
1: for every hundred meters, just over yeah, almost 150 pieces. It's not
0: far at all. I'm, I'm imagining it in terms of how far they used to make me run at school. um That's, that's actually how I quite do Quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's how
1: I gauge hundred. Yeah. It is the hundred meter run I used to do at school. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so you're talking about things that have washed up on our beaches. Mm. Um, I, I guess some of it also is dropped on the beaches by the public. Yes. Yeah. Um, but in terms of it getting into the ocean in the first place, you just touched on one there, sewage. Yes. What kind of stuff comes in through our sewage then?
1: Um, unfortunately, quite a few things. So um, anything that you put down the toilet that shouldn't be put down there mm. um, does have a risk of entering our oceans. So that is your wet wipes, your cotton bud sticks, your feminine products. Um, we're still finding quite a lot of those on our beaches um, unfortunately Mm. and obviously wet wipes a lot of those have got plastic in them which is why they make them so strong and durable a lot of feminine products are made of plastic uh, they're applicators Mm. and um, obviously cotton bud sticks um, at them you know we're still finding a lot of plastic ones Mm. um, washing up on our beaches so you don't even have to live near the coast you can be in your bathroom in a city miles away from the coast and if you put something down that loo that shouldn't be down there you could really be negating Still having be a effect on there. our oceans yeah oh, so it's, uh, it's uh, we're all connected to the ocean it's um, but um, it's a simple things, change guys. Yeah. yeah and that's what I think is trying to Uh, put a positive spin on this is that we have caused this yes so though it's a bad thing to think that we've caused all this it's a good thing to think well we can then change it because we've had that effect Mm. it's been our influence that's made this thing so and we know it's an issue we know where it's coming from and then we know there's solutions so we're in a really good position to actually change it um so yeah, so um I think it's, it's a positive thing. And things like sewage related debris is such an easy thing to fix. You just put it in the in your bin instead of which is normally right by your toilet. Yep. So you just literally move a foot and you put it in there, so the loo, and that, that completely changes that that's what the whole source of litter can just stop instantly by mm. by that. Um but it's great to know that businesses are thinking about manufacturers are thinking about changing those products as well to help the cause even further. So Um, by switching to um, more biodegradable, environmentally friendly alternatives. That's also Mm. a great thing because then that stops even that plastic being produced in the first place. So if you keep going back, that's also good. So we just need more. It's not a one fix thing. No. So we need, it takes everyone from the public to think about what they can do to make those changes. And it's from businesses, manufacturers and retailers going, what can we do to not sell these things if we don't have to? And then policy goes right what can we do to um to have incentives and make sure that the only environmentally friendly materials are being used and make sure things are recyclable and they're coming from sustainable sources so it all needs
0: it's kind of a loads of pathways
1: to it but mm. um it's all people at the end of the day
0: it is and it's, it is up to us you know nature's not um designed to deal with these things it's not going to evolve fast enough to come up with solutions for well, the rate of you know things that we're putting into it for it to deal with yeah um we have to own up and actually actually do some stuff about it um so you know we've talked about it washing up on our beaches mm. but to get to our beaches it's it's been in the water mm. and it can cause so many problems while it's in the water as well yes. what sort of impact does is everything that we're chucking in to the into our oceans what impact does that have on our on our uk environment what's, mm. what's happening to those fish and what's happening to those marine creatures
1: yeah, so it is having a huge impact and we're seeing that more and more um, with more research being done. So um, the th- the main things are obviously with this marine, um, marine life, it's ingestion and um, entanglement. Mm. So um, with entanglement, obviously with um, fishing gear and ghost fishing, um, which is when fishing nets that, you know, get put into the ocean and then they, um, end up just catching fish that they're obviously not intended to catch, but they're just drifting into the ocean. Um, so with those kinds of things and other, and, and, um, other marine, um, marine plastics and things like that, um, entanglement is a real problem and it can, um, cause, a, you know, cause many, many deaths that you see around, around the world. And also, um, Ingestion as well. So by accidentally eating these um, litter in particular plastics is really harmful as it doesn't um, break down into anything natural. And so if the items are big enough, they um, can even get lodged in their throat Mm. or if it gets into their stomach, it won't go anywhere. It will just sit there. And if more and more plastic gets in, it will just build up in their stomachs and then they start feeling full. So they will no longer look for food and then they're no longer getting the nutrients that they really need. And that's why we're finding a lot of these strandings. And when, if they don't survive and autopsies are done on them, a lot of them are finding plastics in their stomach. Mm-hmm. Seabirds as well from various documentaries that we've seen um, with um, a lot of seabirds are eating, eating that plastic as well. So it's incredibly harmful to many marine life. And then the problem is, is that when that gets the plastic gets smaller and smaller into really microplastics that so you cannot see with the naked eye, those could have problems entering the cells of your body of marine life. Gosh, that's small. Yeah, and then that poses a problem or could potentially pose a problem. What are the effects that could have if it gets
0: into your system like that? Mm, science um, is really paying catch up on that issue at the moment, isn't it? We're, yeah. we're really behind on understanding what that could even look like.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's uh, definitely needs to be more studies. And then when you get to human health as well, which is another area that um, we don't know enough about. There's a speculation about what could happen, but we already know that it's in our system mm-hmm. through the air, through our seafood. Um, and so we know that it's already entering us um there's been studies now that even uh, plastic be found in table salt which oh, is gosh. probably unsurprising yeah actually i'm in, not i i, I always feel surprised quite,
0: but i really should stop being surprised <laughs> by where it is
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly so um so yeah so it's it's now been seen at the the very base of the food chain in phytoplankton and zooplankton so what everything feeds off and we know that it goes up towards us so we know it's harm it's it could potentially harm us as well as all the other marine life so um so yeah i think it's because of its durability um plastic and the way how it How you can diversify in terms of its uses, it can Mm. be used for many different things and for its affordability. It's just become so prolific in what we use in everyday life and depending on it for absolutely everything, even if we don't necessarily need it, Mm. it's just produced because it's so cheap and it's so lightweight and it's so durable that it's just been the go to thing that we use. Mm. And unfortunately. And We've become a bit too dependent on it. I think exactly it does
0: absolutely everything we designed it to do when we created this yeah. new substance, and that's that's been its downfall. It is durable, and it it's it's just going to stick around in the environment.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've, I've heard on another, uh, I think it was another podcast that the person who designed the plastic bag um, actually designed it to to move away from single-use items. Because the paper bag was ripping so often. Oh. So he produced the plastic bag so it would actually be something that you would reuse over and over and over again and not use something that's single use. And he would actually fold up his plastic bag and put it in his pocket and he would oh. carry around his plastic bag in his pocket. Oh, such good intentions. Yeah. I found that was really interesting when I heard that. I thought I had no idea and actually it makes sense. It does make total sense. And it's a really know... durable thing that you can use time and time again. Yeah. And that's what he was hoping people
0: would use it for. And then because they became so easy to and process, cheap, and and cheap, process and yeah we just kind of saw them as disposable. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That poor, yeah, that poor guy. I
1: know, <laughs> I know. So, um, so, so, yeah.
0: So what do you do with all of this litter once you've scooped it all up from all of the surveys? What, what happens next? You've, you've got it.
1: Yeah, it's a really tricky one in the UK. Um, a lot of the plastics, or any litter really, um, with our councils, uh, every system's different. And a lot of the time some of the litter is quite because it's been in the environment for so long, it becomes quite contaminated. So um, sometimes it's very difficult to go through the recycling process as your council. Some councils do, and they can take some of the material. It depends where you are. and depends on the council and the facilities they have. So on a case-by-case, the local volunteers will obviously do as much recycling as they can with the stuff that they've collected. Um, but on the whole, it's quite tricky to find a universally kind of uh, national recycling thing that will take all litter that you find. And mm. um, we don't really have that yet. So it's very much... Um, are volunteers. And if there's a, an, a local initiative where they would turn something into kayaks, which is another thing that happens in the Southwest, they've turned some what? plastics into kayaks and amazing. then they go out in the kayaks and collect the litter. That's fantastic. Using those kayaks that they've collected that have been made from litter. So, oh, I love that. Yeah, so there's amazing initiatives, local ones that people are trying to do their bit to close that loop and to make sure it's not going to landfill. So as much as you can feed in as much as possible for that. Um, um, but unfortunately, it is, it is nothing uh national yet that means that if you pick this up it can go here and it will be recycled um so it's quite tricky it's
0: definitely something we could do with but hopefully with the growth Mm. of the um the volunteers and the beach cleans you know maybe somebody will come up with a nice idea and that'll spark an enterprise and that that system might come into exactly i think there's loads of great
1: ideas and loads of small pocket things that are happening um but it's just maybe just the trialing and the money and the funding and the time to really upscale it so it's it's exciting times, and I really hope that um, something comes, someone comes from that. But there's definitely some amazing people trying to try their best to, to try and think about how that we can close that loop on a bigger scale. Fantastic. Yeah. So how can how can people get involved? Sure. So we do have a website. Um, it's www.mcsuk.org forward slash beachwatch. Very neat. Um, or you can just type in beach watch into Google and it will probably come up. Uh, You'll so find it. One. <laughs> Um And yeah, so we have an events page. So our amazing volunteer organisers from around the UK advertise their events on our website. So if you just want to lend a hand on it for a day, then you can check out the events page and see if there's anything happening in your area. Um, but if you fancy actually organising your own, um, then we do have. Um, we do have all the resources online so you can sign up as an organiser and we have a step-by-step guide on how to set up your own and become a citizen scientist.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to join one next year. I'm going to add that to my uh, my to-do list. Yeah, you should. You should.
1: You're not too far from uh, North Somerset. No, I'm not. So you could come to the... sand bay with 200 volunteers come
0: to the staff one (laughs) yes oh i'd love to do that or
1: there's lovely volunteers from up and down the country that do loads i'm sure they're all great (laughs) there'll be loads for you to choose from especially over the great beach beach Clean weekend we have around hoping for around four or five hundred events all happening over four days so that's in september every year isn't it yeah Yeah. so i think it's the 18th to the 21st next year great i hope that's right third over the third saturday of september so it will be the international coastal cleanup day Great Beach Beach Clean, so you'll be taking part as a national and global citizen science project all in on one weekend.
0: Fantastic. I'll yeah. bring my microphone yeah, and I'll, I'll yeah, list do. all of the things that I find and hopefully no glass eyes because that sounds pretty <laughs> strange. But anyway, yeah, a bit yeah. weird. So um, I forgot to give you any warning for this part, but you've listened to the other podcast so hopefully you're not too underprepared okay our regular feature Lloyd and I we always say what yes. one good thing have we done and we like to ask our guests as well yes
1: um, yeah okay so not too much of a shock I do listen to this um oh this week well it doesn't have oh, to be this I'm week absolutely. to be fair you can mm. you can stretch it back what good thing have I done this ooh. other than
0: organizing um a UK wide beach clean
1: <laughs> yeah I've done a lot of data analysis or so litter data um but no um ooh, ooh. I'm trying to think of if I've switched anything out recently for other alternatives or... Oh, no, I've drawn a blank. <gasps> what have you done? Maybe what, that was part oh, my...
0: Heavens. Um, <laughs> I had to... No, you know, I always, I always do this. I always hand a blank. Um, so, Lord, and I always have to write them down so that right. I remember So, the one I've written down today is I've switched energy provider, which is sort of a lie. Because I haven't fully switched yet because we've got to wait till the end of our contract, which right. is in a week. Yeah. But we've decided which energy provider we're going to switch to. And we're going to switch to octopus because they're fully renewable. So oh, nice. my household is going um, UK solar and wind for its um, for its en- energy.
1: Oh, amazing! Which yes, very I think I'm about. on. Oh, what am I on? But yes, I'm on a renewable energy thing as well. So oh, great! Really yeah, it's really good. I think yeah, that's really great to be able to support uh, businesses, organisations that are are doing looking into renewable energy. I think it's really important. Yeah. The more people that switch to it,
0: absolutely. You know, the, the more we. Sp- kind of support them the better the technology is going to get and the uk as well is like one of the best places in the world for or has the highest potential in the world for wind energy Like, why are we not yes promoting and using that and now is yeah. the time exactly exactly
1: We're, we've got everything all natu- um naturally provided for us so yeah uh, that's really good i'm still struggling to find something that i've done recently uh, i'm trying to think of the ones you've said in the past
0: to like refresh my memory uh, god what have i said before it's normally quite small stuff. Like I've shopped in a charity shop this week, or I've, yeah. you, I've made some makeup wipes once out of fabric and cotton, so that I didn't have to buy makeup wipes, yeah. for example. So um, Working
1: for MCS, I've done so much because we have a plastic challenge in July. Oh great! So you give up single-use plastic for um, a try a month, and that so it really does make you. So I've kind of we've switched to stop eyeing up my plastic water bottle. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't actually doing that i, that's what I, I was feel doing. awful i feel you awful i've into, got a plastic water bottle to mcs in
0: a, pl- in a with a plastic know, water bottle <laughs> i know and do, do you know what so i've bought i made the mistake okay this was one of my good things that i've done on previous episodes i bought an aluminium water bottle mm-hmm. um and i went based on color um for my choice as opposed to practicality or durability <laughs> um so it wasn't also a very expensive one and it's um it's gone rusty I'll be rusty, honest with you the, has um, it? the bottom half of it so you know how they're kind of shaped they're lovely and tall with a long mm-hmm. neck and then they've got this kind of like bit at the bottom yeah the bit of the bottom could come off as it turns out um and it's gone rusty around this kind of rim at the bottom and it just looks absolutely horrible so I am in that horrible small interim phase of finding a new water bottle but have ah. bought some oasis um but it, like, you can see that it's now full of water so it's not single it's use. use yeah it's oh I feel awful I'm so sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fine. In fact, we do have water bottles. So if you want to, we have those chilly ones. Oh, great. With MCS branding on it. Brilliant. So yeah, have MCS shop with all lots of alternatives.
0: Perfect. There you go, listeners. Off you go.
1: Yeah. Check out our shop. Great for Christmas as well. Little hampers and stuff. That's very
0: true. Christmas is coming up. Yeah. It's the perfect time to start. I think
1: loads of people talk about wanting to switch to certain things and then you could just provide them with some a few, start, like a starter kit. That's a very, very good idea. Yeah. Good alternative. I'm still struggling to think what I've done... That's a good thing.
0: I think, I feel like, it sounds like you've done a lot already. <laughs> so you went plastic free for July.
1: Yes, that I did. That was a huge thing. And we've switched out. So in the last few months, we have switched out actually a lot more. So we have, um, okay, so the last few weeks we have, my partner and I have no um, have switched to a glass toothpaste brand. Ooh. Um, so in a nice glass bottle, um glass nice little jar. And so, yeah, so we no longer use those plastic tubes. See, that's a great one. Where did you get that from? Well, actually luckily my town has just opened up a plastic free shop brilliant and i love the fact that these are popping up and i've been dying for one in my hometown for ages and it, it came up about a month ago and i was so excited oh fantastic so uh, we went there the other day and just with our reusable bags and started filling up on cornflakes and (laughs) (laughs) phantom food Uh, it's very exciting so yes they have loads of things that you might not have thought of or you've been looking for so when I saw the big nice jar of toothpaste I gave it go and loved it it was really nice oh good really nice I've seen
0: some of those and I've seen them but the ones that I have seen in the shop near me are Mm. are charcoal based
1: oh okay yes and
0: uh, I haven't just haven't made the switch from mint to charcoal I suppose
1: Yes, yeah, I know what I you mean. I haven't either. They I think didn't look that very brand appealing. Did it black, and they have a black one. Then they had one that we have, which is minty, and then the other one was cinnamon. And I was like, I don't oh. think I'm. I, I Heavens, don't. No. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, I. Know, I just thought
0: I don't know why. I don't want to taste like Christmas when no. I want a fresh breath. But
1: that seems to be the only. Th- there might only be the three they do, so I just wondered well, it must be something about it that has is well, really attractive. Well, some
0: people really hate mint, don't they? There is a market for people who uh, cannot stand mint and need strange toothpastes. Yeah, but cinnamon is a new one. I on didn't me. think
1: it was refreshing enough. You want something? I get not mint, but you want something to feel like I've yeah. cleaned my teeth.
0: Yeah, mint is very associated with freshness and being clean. Yeah, cinnamon. No, for me that's overindulgence at Christmas.
1: Yeah, like a f- sugary, furry mouth yeah, that you get exactly. when you've had too much sugar. Yeah, it's probably lovely. They've obviously done it for a reason. There must be a demand for it. But Somebody's when I said that, someone's buying it. <laughs> someone's buying it. I These... might test it one time. But... Yeah, let
0: me know if you do. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to go for it. But that's great. See, that's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so I you've switched out my uh, toothpaste to a glass jar. Well done. That is what I did. Perfect, and then you <laughs> can recycle that, and everyone's happy. Exactly. Great. Well, thanks very much. Anyway, we've we've rambled quite a lot. Um, well done on your massive Great British Beach Clean. Thank you. I'm saying that too many times. No, we have amazing
1: volunteers. We couldn't do collect this data for 26 years without volunteers. No, who it's fantastic. Head down to the beach, regardless of the weather, um, and just collect that relentlessly collect that data for us to help us uh, push for change. So it's our volunteers who have done all the incredible work, and uh, yeah. It's amazing what they can do. Amazing what uh, citizen science can do. The power of citizen science and people it is and
0: data—all for data and supporting citizen science—is brilliant. There are so many people, um, and so many people are now invested in the environment, and it's, it's quite easy to feel hope completely helpless Mm -hmm. Um, and so to get involved in citizen science projects is a way that you really can tangibly make a difference not just in your own actions but by supporting like you said policy
1: yeah yeah most definitely we definitely send that data to every possible consultation to do with (laughs) single-use plastics or any item that we see problematic our data is being sent to our government from the volunteers that collected it and we go this is what the public have done great please do your bit now your turn your turn
0: <laughs> brilliant well um, everybody try and get involved please if you live near a beach go and find your, your nearest beach clean for next uh, next summer or just crack on and clean the beach in your own spare time that's also a wonderful thing to be doing um, we're going to leave it there for now so thank you so much Lizzie that was oh, brilliant no, thank you for having me you're very welcome Anytime, Um everyone if you want to keep the conversation going you know where to find us For What It's Earth is on Facebook Instagram and Twitter uh, and if you've got any questions for Lizzie you can drop us an email on pod at gmail.com and I'll pass those along And if you do any beach cleans, send me pictures. I would love to see them and we'll share them on our social media. So that's it for now. We'll see you next week.